Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. We'd like to say good morning to our online community and for those around the world, all the other countries that are listening uh, to the broadcast as well as other states. We appreciate, we appreciate you tuning in to us. And uh, we pray that the Lord will say something today that will be meaningful and needful uh, for our our souls. And the Lord said to me today, he said, well, this week, he said, Brenda, don't be so heavy today. He said, don't be so heavy today. He said, lighten up a little bit. <clears throat> and we've been really dealing with the end time and been focusing a lot on the end time, which is so important. But we also need to know our purpose in the end time. And so many people do not know their purpose. And we can be up, up to a, a great age and still not know our purpose, what God has designed for us. And so that's what we're going to be talking about this morning. We're going to talk about purpose. We're going to talk about purpose. Father, we thank you now. We bless and we honor you. We give your name praise and we give your name glory. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for all that you're going to speak through us. We ask, Heavenly Father, that you allow me to decrease and let none of me be shown, but let your Holy Spirit, who is the teacher, and let him come and let him minister into us. And, Father God, we thank you for it now. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. All right, we're going to start off in the book of Jeremiah. That's where we're going to um, begin this morning. We're going to begin in the book of Jeremiah. And we're going to go to the 29th chapter of the book of Jeremiah. The book of Jeremiah, the 29th chapter, because we need to understand about our purpose. Because oftentimes we really don't know. Uh, uh, people in general are trying to find themselves. They're trying to find their destiny. And they are trying to uh, find out what their calling is. Uh, and goes right back to that, trying to find out what, what is my purpose in life? What did God put me here for? Oftentimes we, we find that question or sometimes we even ask our own selves that question about what is our purpose? What, I'm, what did God call me to do? And so today we're going to um, look at that and we're going to get an understanding of what our purpose is from the word of God. All right, we're going to get it from the Word of God. And we're going to start off with Jeremiah chapter number 29. And we're going to understand, we're going to look at verse number 11. Jeremiah chapter number 29, looking at verse number 11, because we need to know our purpose. But before we can know our purpose, we need to know the thoughts of God toward us. Now, Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11 says, For I know, God is speaking, for I know the thoughts thoughts that i think toward you god is saying to us he know he knows his thoughts that he's thinking toward us see that's why we have to discard the thoughts of others or discard the thoughts of the world and put into our spirit the thoughts that the lord has toward us he goes on to say that the lord says he has thoughts of peace and not evil uh, then he goes on to say, to give you an expected end, to give you an expected end. So therefore, we need to understand God's thoughts toward us, they're not evil. You know, sometimes we think, well, you know, God's going to just put me on a lightning boat and going to strike me down and all this craziness. But God's thoughts towards us are thoughts of peace. 
that, that his thoughts of us is thoughts of love. And so once we understand how God feels toward us, then we cannot, we will not allow the world to identify who we are or decide who we are. Oftentimes uh, uh, we measure, thank you, Holy Spirit. Oftentimes we measure ourselves against what people think about us, right? (laughs) What other folk think about us. But what other people think about us does not matter. What matters is what God thinks about us. And as he says in his word, his word is the ultimate authority. His word says his thoughts toward us are peace and not evil. They are peace and not evil. So this is what we need to remember, how the Lord, number one, before we can understand our purpose, once we understand how God feels about us, it will be easy, sort of, sort of, sort of easy, to be able to fulfill our purpose. Now, let's go to the book of Genesis, uh, chapter number one. Genesis chapter number one. Genesis chapter number one. And we're going to begin to look at verse number 27. Genesis chapter number one. And we're going to look at verse number 27. Genesis chapter number one. And we're going to look at verse number 27 in Genesis chapter number one. Now, in Genesis chapter one, it says this. For God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. Okay? Now, we have to understand that we have been made in the image and the likeness of God. Okay? That shows that God really loves us because he wants us to be like him. Every parent wants that child to have some of their own, some of their DNA in them, some of their features, some of, the, some of their, uh, their characteristics in them. And we have to understand that before our house is built, we are the house. This is the temple of God. Before our house is built, you must first have a blueprint. You got to have a blueprint before our house is built. Now, a blueprint comes from the thoughts of the mind. Remember what the Lord says by his thoughts towards us are good, right? Now, the blueprint comes from the thoughts of the mind. We, the body of Christ, mankind, we are the thoughts of God. Now, that, that, that's awesome. That is awesome. That's awesome in itself. That we, oh, nasty, filthy, ugly, stinking us, we are the thoughts of God. And see, because we are the thoughts of God, we are his uh, protege. All right. Protege is defined as a person who is guided and supported by an older or more experienced person or that's influential, influential person, a person of influence. God is a God of influence. So he loved us enough to make us in his likeness and in his image. And when we think about when we, sometimes when we step in the mirror, we don't actually see who we really are. See, if we see who we really are, 
then we will understand we are the image of God. I don't care how we're shaped. I don't care how we're formed. I don't care what color skin that we have. I don't care. It doesn't matter whether we're short, tall, you know, wide, whatever. We are the image of God. God created us all different. He created us all differently. So it's important that we should know that we are the thoughts of God. We are the thoughts of God. It's, it's very important that we know that we are the thoughts of God. Once, once we step into that mirror and we see who we are and who we're the reflection of, that should make us really feel good. Because most of the time when we look at ourselves, we don't think about how wonderful we are made. I won't get to that because I'll get farther than where I need to go, okay? So understanding, before we can understand what our purpose is, we have to, that's a place of remembrance we have to do. We have to remember, we have to remember that God's thoughts toward us. His thoughts are peace and not evil. Then we have to remember that we are made I mean, he took some time. We are made in his likeness and and his image. That's that's enough right there. That's very, very impressive to know that God loved me enough to make me like him. You know, that's, that's beautiful. That is awesome. That is literally awesome. So when we think about it, when you you begin to focus upon yourself, you've got to remember that, I'm the blueprint of God. That's enough to make you strut right there, right? Or shout hallelujah. Because we are the blueprints of God. Whenever you see people, you look. Instead of looking at the negative, you look at the blueprint. This blueprint is the thoughts of God. When you look at me standing up here, when you see me and your thoughts are, oh, she is one of the thoughts of God. Amen. I'm just a blueprint. You're just a blueprint, okay? You're just a blueprint. But with every blueprint, there is a purpose why God made that blueprint called man. That's a purpose. Now, let's, let's continue to walk in his word. Now, let's go now to Psalms 139. Psalms 139. Psalms 139. Psalms 139. That's where we want to go because we want to deal with this blueprint and deal with mankind and deal with ourselves so we can understand what our purpose is. All right. Now, Psalms 139, 139, and we're going to begin reading at the first verse and we'll continue reading through the fifth verse. Now, verse number one says, now, now the, the psalmist is, is speaking, David is speaking. He says, O Lord. Thou hast searched me and known me. Thou hast searched me and known me. Listen, there is nothing about you or I that takes God by surprise. We might think, oh, God. No, there's nothing about us that takes God by surprise. Because he says in his word, he has searched me. He knows our interbeing. He knows our heart. He knows our thoughts. And that's why we have to be careful even in our thinking. Because, see, well, I may not know about your thoughts or what you're thinking, or anyone else may not know, but God the Father, he knows about what we're thinking. So that's why we have to be very careful. Now, he goes on, he's, and he lets him, he says in his word, 
and God has known me. And it's a beautiful thing to know that God knows us because he does. Now, verse number two says this, thou knowest, huh, thou knowest my downsetting, mine uprising, thou understandest my, what does it say? Thoughts afar. Before I can even think it, God already knows what I'm going to think. That's a powerful God. He said, I know you, I know your downs. God said, I know your ups and I know your downs. He said, I know them. So don't, don't fret because sometimes we, we, we like to, uh, and the Bible says it's not good for us to compare ourselves among one another. A lot of times we like to compare ourselves with other people. Uh-uh. God says it's not wise to do that because he has made every individual in their, in their own right. He knows their purpose and he knows the plans that he has for their life. That's why when you go back to Jeremiah 29, 11, God said, I know the plans I have for your life. When it doesn't look like nothing is going right, you got to remember God has a plan for my life. Because I'm quite sure some of us often have asked ourselves, God, well, what's my purpose? What are your plans for me? Well, God, God didn't make plans for you. You, we, you may not see it. I may not see it. May not understand. Because, see, when he see knows our downsetting and our uprising, that means when we're going through, he knows us. He, know, he even knows how we're going to respond when we're going through trials and tribulations. He knows how when, when, when our button, I hear your Holy Spirit, when our button is pushed wrongly. You know, sometimes our button get pushed <laughs> and we respond a certain way. God knows that's how we're going to respond. He knows that. But he doesn't write us off because he said, I know the plans I got for you. God has plans for everyone's life. He, ha- he has a plan. And then he goes on in verse number three. He says, thou compassest my path and my lying down and acquainted with how many ways? Some of my ways? All of my ways. He knows all of our ways. He has circled our path. He knows all about us. So there's no need to try to hide. God already knows all about us. But he also has a purpose for our lives. Even in the midst of all our ways, you know, all our ways has not always been good. And and when we begin to look at the seven days of the week, I don't know how much of that is good and how much of that is bad in everybody's life. Amen. But but he, he knows that. And then verse number four says, for there is not a word. That's what we're talking about. You know, be careful what you think because it will come out through your tongue. For there's not a word in my tongue, in other words, in my mouth, that, that word, you know, that, to- that tongue and dealing with the mouth, that mouth is the opening to your soul. It's a portal, that mouth, our mouth. And when we release that from our mouth, from our tongue, it's a portal to our souls. He says, for there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O oh Lord, thou knowest it all together. So there's nothing that, that will escape God about us. Whatever we're going to release from our mouth. And one thing I always say about words, you can't take them back. That's why we always need to try to think before we speak. The Bible tells us to be slow to speak. And sometimes we, we ain't slow to speak, right? <laughs> it comes out. Amen. 
But God says, now he says, I, 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 I know. He said, I know. Every word, every word that's going to be released from my mouth, God said, I already know what's coming out. And then he says in verse number five, he said, thou hast beset me behind and before and laid thine hand upon me. God said, listen, I know your past and I know your future. That he is saying, yo, 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 behind. He said, I know behind and before. I know what's back behind you. I know all about that. I know what is set in front of you. I know all about that. He said, but I still got a purpose for your life. And that's what we're dealing with this morning. We're dealing with purpose. He said, we still, you still have to understand that I know the purpose for your life. Now, looking at verse number 7 now in Psalms 139, watch, watch God when we think we're going to be able to hide. When we think we're going to be able to hide. Look at the God that we serve. Look at the God we serve. In verse number 7, it says this. Now, he says, Whither shall I go from thy spirit? Or whether shall I flee from thy presence? See, David discovered this. He said, I can't go nowhere. I can't even escape from God. He says, now, uh, no matter what I do, no matter what I do, I cannot flee from the presence of the Lord. Sometimes we think that we can escape, we're going to run, we're not going to fulfill God's purpose. But trust, when time comes, God, well, as my husband always tell my son-in-law, God going to get his man. You know, whatever you've been called to do, whatever your purpose is in, in this land, in society, you are going to fulfill it. You're going to fulfill it. You cannot escape it. Now, verse, now, now, now watch how, how David begins to speak because he's discovered, he has discovered that God knows all about him, that there's no escape. Now, verse number 8 says, If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. In other words, where you're living right or where you're living wrong, regardless of which way you're traveling on the path, whether it's hell or heaven, God knows. You can't escape it. Because whatever, go back, whatever God has designed for your life, for your purpose, you're going to fulfill that purpose. A lot of us don't want to fulfill the purposes that God has for our life. But we have to understand no matter how high I go, if that, if I, now the key word, there, another key word is if I, if I sin. Now if God don't send you up, you're not fulfilling his purpose. But if God sends you up, then he said, if I ascend into the heavens, thou art, God said, there is no escape from me. If I make my bed in hell, do crazy stuff, sleeping with the enemy. He said, no, you can't escape me. He said, you, you, you cannot escape. In other words, I think he, Holy Spirit, God said, you can't escape your purpose. And some of us have been asking the question, Lord, what is my purpose? What am I here for? What is, what is my destiny? We've been asking ourselves that. God, what, what am I to be supposed to be doing? No, we're going to get there. We're we, we going to get there. But before we can get there, we got to look at that 
God is going to get his purpose fulfilled through us, whether we like it or not. He's going he's to get that done. It may take some of us longer than others to get to that destiny or to fulfill that purpose. But if God has a purpose designed for your life, as it said in Jeremiah, God says, i got a plan for your life. i got a plan. You're going to fulfill God's purpose. Now, in verse number 9, it says, If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the othermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me. And thy right hand shall hold me. It doesn't make any difference where we go. God's hand is still upon us. His hand is always there. And then he says in verse number 11, if I say, now sometimes we've said this, surely, if I say surely, (laughs) the darkness shall cover me. Look at this. Even the night shall be light about me why because god is light we can't hide from god i mean darkness can't cover us when it comes down to to the most holy god see he says surely the darkness shall cover me even the night shall be light about me and verse 12 says yea the darkness hideth not from thee but the night look at this but the night shineth as the day The darkness and the light are both alike unto thee. Darkness and light is is the same when it comes down to God. So we we, we can't escape. We think we're going to hide from God and we're going to live. No, no, God says, I still see you. He says, I still see you. He says, even though you're walking in darkness to me, it's just like the light shining on you. I may, you may not can see my darkness, or I may not can see your darkness, but the Father can see our darkness because to him it's just like light. And, if he, and, and when we understand his plan for our life, we still understand God still has a purpose for us. Even though we may walk in darkness, and there's a season and time in life where we may walk in darkness. Before, oh, I hear your Holy Spirit. Before we come to the marvelous light. Because we all have been in darkness at one point or other. And before we leave this world, we may go back to darkness. But God's got a purpose for our life. He's got a purpose. He's got a purpose. And nothing that we do, let's say this, there's nothing that we do that will take God by surprise. Nothing. We might be surprised. We don't have to say, oh, I, I can't believe that. I, that, that I was astonished. I, I'm, I'm just so amazed. No, we say that, but God is never surprised by nothing we do or nothing that we even experience. He is not surprised. Why? Because he has a plan and a purpose for our lives. Now, let's deal with some of this, 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 this purpose that we have, God has for our life. Let's go now back to Jeremiah. Going back to Jeremiah. This time we're going to Jeremiah chapter number 1. Jeremiah chapter number 1. We're dealing with purpose today. We're dealing with purpose. Purpose. Because before the end time, we will fulfill our purpose that God has set forth for our life. Before the end time. 
we will fulfill our purpose that God has for our life. Now, a good example is Jeremiah. Jeremiah is what they're known to be called the weeping prophet. The weeping prophet. Now, in Jeremiah chapter number one, let's let's dissect. Ver- I think we're going to start with verse number four. Verse number four. Verse number four. No, we're going to start with yeah. We're going to start with Jeremiah, yeah, chapter 1, verse number 4. It says, Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Now, I may have missed this particular verse here, but I should have put it in, so hopefully uh, the media person can put it in. Verse number 5, because this is the key verse. You see how the devil is? See, that key verse I'm supposed to have, supposed to have listed, but when I did listing of my scriptures, I left out that verse number five, the main verse. And the reason why I know that, because I have my verses written down, and I did not write that verse down. I wrote down verse number four, but I didn't write down verse number five. Now, we're going to get with verse number five, Jeremiah. He's talking, we're talking about purpose. Now, verse number five says, before, Jeremiah chapter one, verse number five, it says, before... I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. We're going to keep this verse up because we want to do some dissecting on this verse. Now, in this particular verse, we want to look at that word before. Before means before the existence of time when we were really living in the mind of God before he says I formed thee in the belly I formed thee God began to make us okay he he formed us in the belly he said he began to do some he began to do some work on us okay he said now before I formed thee before we became in exist, thank you, Holy Spirit. Before we became uh, uh, in existence as a human, be, even before that, see, this is why we get to understand the plans God has for us and our purpose. Okay, He said, "Before I formed thee in the belly," He says, "I knew thee." Before, I, before we, as the thoughts of God's mind, was released into our mother's womb. He already knew us. He know he already knew what we were gonna do in this in this in this earthly existence where we we are we are Holy Spirit where we are in prison. I heard that word where we're imprisoned by time and our mere existence right where we are now upon this earth. We're really imprisoned by time. God made it that way. For purpose. For purpose. All right? He says now, before that, he says, he says, I knew you. So go back again. Don't think anything that we do is going to surprise God because God already knows. And then he goes on and he says, and before thou camest forth out of the womb, before you were released out of the womb of your, uh, of, uh, uh, of your parents, then God said, I already knew you. Watch what he had done in the before. Watch what he, watch what he did before he released us 
into this place on this planet called Earth. We're going to put that verse right back, please. He says, I, what did he say? Sanctified. I sanctified you. In other words, I set you apart for your purpose. Before you even showed up on the planet Earth, God had already set you apart to be able to carry out his will. You've You've been set apart. You've been sanctified. And then he goes on and he says, I ordained, he, he validated you. You don't need the validation of man. God did that before you should come out the womb. You've already been validated. And then he tells him what his job was. He said, I ordained thee a prophet. And then he tells you who, your, who the ones, your orders, who is, thank you, Holy Spirit, who is assigned to your life. Told Jeremiah, so you've been assigned a prophet to the nations. See, every one of us has people assigned to our lives. Some of them we've already met, and some of them we're yet to meet. You got people assigned to your life. That's why you can't give up on purpose. That's why you can say, well, I don't know what God wants me to do. Yeah. It'll happen a little bit by little bit, little bit by little bit, little bit by little bit. You may not understand what's going on, but God is assigning people to your life. He's assigning people to your life. So he lets us know your purpose was already in existence before you showed up. Before you got your name, whatever it is. Before they named me Brenda, God had already given me a purpose. Think about who you are. Before whatever your name is, before that name came forth, you already had your purpose. You were validated by God. You were set aside by God because you are going to carry out his will and his purpose. And we wonder, well, why, 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 why did he allow me to do this? Why did he have allow that to happen? Well, honey, those people that's assigned to your life, you're going to have to be one to be able to give your, oh, I hear your Holy Spirit, to give your testimony. Because there are others that's coming behind you, and because you have overcome, you'll be able to tell them how they too can overcome. See, there's a purpose in everything. God has designed a purpose for our life. All right. Now, look at now. Let's look at verse number 10. All right. We, we know that before, we already, we've already discovered that we are the blueprint of God. We are the mind. We are the thoughts of God. We already know that. We're that building. Each one of us, we're buildings made by God, fitly framed together. That's why fellowship is so important. Fitly framed together. We are that new Jerusalem they're talking about in the book of Revelation. It ain't got nothing to do with a place. Uh-uh. It got nothing to do with a locale. We are the new Jerusalem that's coming down, that city, that holy city. That, that's, that's who we are, the body of believers, okay? Now, we have to understand now, and, and, and verse number 10 it gives us an assignment. Because then once you discover, okay, I, 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 God has given me a purpose. God got a plan for my life, all right? Now, God, you, you've already validated me. I ain't got to worry about who validates me. I'm already been set, apart, set aside to carry out your work. Now, what is my assignment? Now, let's look at verse number 10 in Jeremiah chapter number 1. 
We're going to look at the assignment, your assignment. Now, verse number 10 says, see, I have this day set. Set means position. He said, he told Jeremiah, said, I've been, you've been positioned over nation. That nation means people. And over the kingdoms, watch the things that we've been assigned to do. To root out, because some stuff is hard to dig up. When, you do, when you're stuck in tradition, it's hard to get that up, so it's got to come up by the root. Trust, I know. Our old tree is hard. hard to, only the Lord can pull our old tree up by the root. Look at the tornadoes and the hurricane. The whole thing just comes up, and you can see the root of the tree. Only God can do that. He said, now, your assignment and the people God has assigned you to is first thing you have to do, you got to root out. Then when you get through rooting, you got to pull down because some things are hard to take down. Some old trees are hard to take down, traditional. And then it says, and to destroy, means to get rid of it, to throw it down. Now, there are four things that have to be done that, that, that takes on having the ability to really pull or to struggle to get it, get it uprooted. Think about our own personal life. Hey, at that one point in my life, and we're going to keep that up there, I was full of tradition. And y'all were too, be honest. And we were believing what we were taught. Not going in the book ourselves to discover what truth was. Now, once we pulled all that, them things down, you know, because I used to think, oh, our Lord, when I was going in these places and running around everywhere and going to visit this place and that place, and I call it swapping service, church services. That's what I called it, swapping service. We're just swapping. Same old thing, same old recycled stuff. You know, run around, run around 15 times and pull your blessings out of the sky. You better get your job and go to work. Pull stuff out of the uh-uh, name it and claim it. Send me some money and I'll send you my cloth. I'll send you my handkerchief. You send me your hard-earned money and I will send you a blessed handkerchief. Baby, you got to understand, you blessed already. You don't need nobody's handkerchief. All you need is Jesus. But, but boy, we, we was up, I don't know about y'all. Yeah, maybe y'all went to one that was all right. I learned a whole lot of stuff. A lot. And then, I'm going to show you another stuff when you learn some things, what will happen. But anyway, and after you get through tearing down, then you got to build back up. So you got to build. It says to build, he says to throw down, to build, and to plant. See, to build, you got to build yourself back up. Because all that other stuff, it's just like, a baby coming out of the womb, knowing nothing. But you got to build. You have to build. You got to build this. And then you got to begin to plant that word of God in you so you'll know what truth is. But then Jeremiah said, this is your assignment. You, 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 you got to tell. The first tearing up, thank you, Holy Spirit, the first tearing up begins in you. Because you got to tear the tradition up out of you. Because if you don't have the tradition out of you, then what's going to happen is you're going to carry that same tradition along with somewhere else. That's why the Word of God said, you make my, Jesus said, you make my doctrine not effect by your tradition. That's what God said. That's what Jesus said. So we have to be careful. We don't teach tradition. We teach, teach truth. 
okay? And then you got to, you got to build, you got to plant the word of God in you, okay? Now, look at now, watch this now in verse 18, still in Jeremiah chapter 1. We're going to look at verse number 18 because we already went, we looked at our assignment. We've, we've looked at our assignment. We know what our assignment is to do, all right? Because, see, we see Jeremiah's assignment, but whatever our assignment is, it's, it's just like Jeremiah's. You've got to tear up some stuff. And then you got to you got to plan it back. In other words, you got to get back in that word for yourself and study that word and spend some time with the Lord, so He will be able to impart through His Holy Spirit His word in us. Now, in verse number eighteen in Jeremiah chapter one, He says this: "And behold, I have made thee a defense city." In other words, God said, "Listen, in, in the fulfillment of your purpose, I want you to know you've been fortified." You are a defense city. You have been fortified. He said, you are an iron pillar. Can't be moved. A brazen wall against, look at this. He said, the whole land, because there's so many untruths out here. But God said, don't you fret. Don't, don't, don't worry, because he said, I have set you up. I've established you. Nothing will penetrate, will be able to hurt you. He said, against the kings of Judah, against the princes thereof, against the priests thereof, and against the people of the land. Let's back up. And I just now saw something. He says, he made you, he fortified you to be a defense city, an iron pillar, a brazen wall. Then he says, against. Against means there's going to be some resistance. The whole land. Because when you learn new truths, you're going to have to really do some fighting when it comes down to tradition. Because people don't want change. Because that's what they've been taught. He says, against, he said, the kings, those in high places, against the princesses thereof, against the priests. Priest represents the priesthood and also spiritual leaders, pastors, ministers, deacons, whoever in leadership. You're going to be fighting against them too. And against the people of the land, because the people of the land has only been taught by the priests. So you're going to have some, some, some battles. You're going to have some battles because what God has assigned you to do to fulfill his purpose is going to go up against what you've already been taught and what's still being taught. Why do you think Jesus had a problem? The Pharisees and the Sadducees, they had a problem with Jesus because he was going against the status quo. They were teaching wrong stuff. So Jesus, what he did, Jesus is a bad, I won't call him a bad boy, but you know, he, he, he off the chain, you hear me? He, one day he took that whip and he beat them rascals out of there. They was, you know, God's word says this, my house shall be a house of prayer. What were they doing? Jesus said, you made it a damn thief. They's in there selling stuff. Selling books, selling DVDs, sell, selling audio videos and everything else. Go out there to the table. The book's out there. Come in the door. Got a little sign. Got to bust that open. When should we have to pay for the gospel of Jesus Christ? Making money. Making money off the people of God. So you got, you got to go get some stuff. They didn't want you to go get that. But they were doing it in the church house. Jesus wanted them to beat them out. He wanted them to say, I'm going to whoop all of y'all out of here. That's why we couldn't handle Jesus in our today's 
status quo living. We couldn't handle Jesus. Because Jesus, he, he will go do what he needed to do. You thought the prophets in the old was rough. The main man is rougher. You went up in there to me, yo, yo, what, what you doing up in here? You making my house. That's supposed to be a house of prayer. A den of thieves. He called them thieves. In church, he called them thieves. Boy, he rough. I mean, the master was rough. So you understand now, when you begin to walk in your purpose God has assigned for your life, now, you're going to have to understand that you are fortified. You are mighty in God. You got to understand that. We got, ooh, Holy Spirit. We got too many weak-needed Christians, of disciples. Let me change that word because they call them Christians in, in Antioch. We're disciples. We're learners. We get, we're weak-needed. We don't stand up for nothing. Okay, that's one way I do. I'm, I'm, okay, help me to understand this. If If we supposedly stand for truth, how in the world did one woman get prayer taken out of school? Think about it. Think about it. If we're all that powerful, why didn't we open our mouths? One woman. One. One. It's just like down there in, in, in Florida now. This young lady that wrote that poem. And it was a wonderful poem at the inauguration of the president. Wonderful poem. They took her stuff out of the school. They banded it. And when they interviewed her, she said, don't take but one person to go against it. But what were the rest of the Christians, the disciples? Because, see, that was truth. They are trying to erase, or not erase, because it never was in the history book in the first place. The things now, truths, that's going, trying to go into these history books so people can know and understand, they're trying to, Keep it or banned it from being in the books. Tell you something. I had this lady say to me, she said, uh, <laughs> I was at a, I was at a place and, and I saw this um a box of trash bags. And on the outside of the trash bags, because I was looking for the dimensions of the trash bags, I saw this word Negro written on it. Watch it. It says, I start laughing. And the reason why I start laughing because of the mix of people I was present in. And I began to look to the person. I said, you know, is that word right there, Negro? I said, it's not what you think it is. And then someone else walked over to me and said, uh, they won't know what I was laughing about. And I, I told them, look at, that, look at that word they got on that box. I said, I don't even know what, what truth is. Later says to me, she said, uh, do you not know that you are descendants 
of Moses. She said, we have been deceived all of our life. She said, you are a descendant of Moses. Why do you think there was such an uproar when Moses married the woman, the Ethiopian woman? See, we don't know who we are, and that's why we can't fulfill our purpose. When you begin to look at the 12 tribes of Israel, do you not know that, 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 that this race is, is, we are called, we're from the tribe of Judah. It's amazing what you will discover when you read. You would say, when you read. Most people won't read. And people want us to stay ignorant of who we are. We've got to know who we are. It's very important because in the end time, we will play a significant role in the end time. All those that name the name of Jesus Christ will play a significant role. Purpose. Let me get back. All right. Let me get back. Let me get back. You're fortified. You're invincible. So you got to know who you are. If you don't know who you are, you will fall for anything. Then verse number 19 in Jeremiah chapter 1 says this. And, he puts, and is a conjunction, mean a continuation of the story. And they shall do what? Fight against who? The you. When you get ready to walk into your, your purpose, you can rest assured you're going to have some devils that's going to fight up against you. You're going to have devils. But look what God say. There's another but. But. Cast out all that fighting going on against you. Because God said, but. They shall not prevail against thee. For I am with thee, saith who? Yahweh. Capital L-O-R-D. To deliver thee. So it doesn't matter who come up against you. You're going to fulfill the purpose and plan of the will of God. He said, they're going to fight against you. He said, but they're not going to be successful. They ain't going to be successful. All right, now. Let's let, let, okay. well, one, one last place we want to go to. Now, all right, because we dealt with assignment. Understanding that they're not going to, they are not going to be able to for, be able to succeed. All right? Now, let's go to Genesis. This is the last part we're going to show you. Genesis chapter number 37. Genesis chapter number who 37. Genesis 37. Genesis chapter number 37. Purpose. Remember now. Genesis chapter number 37. And the first verse we're going to read will be verse number 5. Very familiar scripture. Very familiar scripture. All right. Verse number 5 in Genesis chapter number 37. And it says, And Joseph dreamed a dream. And he told it to his brethren, and they hated him yet the more. You got to be careful who you tell your dreams to. 
They hated him. His own brethren, his own family, they hated him because he knew his purpose. In the beginning, when after God showed him, God showed Joseph some things. He showed him how they were going to bow down to him. Uh, the stars and the, and the sun and the moon, God showed him that represent his family. They was going to have to bow themselves down to them. Now, to him. Now, let's understand, some, let's understand something. Now, in verse number Verse number 8, yeah, it tells the story. But we've got to add something to this and we'll be done. In verse number 8, it says, And his brethren, we're still in Genesis 37, And his brethren said to him, Shall thou indeed ring over us? Or shall thou indeed have dominion over us? And they hated him yet the more for his dreams, purpose, what God has given you, and for his words. All right. God revealed to Joseph his purpose when he was 17 years old. Revealed his purpose to him. All right. Not when he was a child now. When he was 17, God revealed his purpose. But when you look at it, when he revealed his purpose and he began to tell about what God was saying, because Automatically, they said, okay, you're going to be the one to rule over us. You're going to have dominion over us. See, when people see God moving you up, taking you higher, they want to bring you down. They don't want you to go higher in God. They're going to do whatever they can do to bring you down. But the thing is this, when it comes down to purpose, it didn't happen right then when God revealed it to Joseph. He had to go through some stuff. His brothers turned against him. They sold him. They, th- well, they threw him in, in a hole. You know, they, they, they sold him. He ends up in Potiphar's house. Potiphar's wife is trying to seduce him. He ends up in prison. Huh. I mean, uh, he, hadn't, he hadn't fulfilled his purpose yet now. But he went through all of that stuff. I looked at it. When he gets to the point where he fulfills, began to fulfill his purpose, he was 30 years old. That's a whole lot of years in between there, right? But he fulfilled his purpose. Don't, get, don't give up when you're not sure what your purpose is. Maybe you just have not yet reached your destination yet. That there's a lot more stuff you got to go through because, see, if, if God don't do something with us, because, you know, man is notorious by having an ego. If you reach the top too quick, you can't tell you nothing. So he had to go through all of that. He had to wait it out. He had to sit in that prison cell and wait. See, we got to learn to wait our time. We we are the non-waiting people who have ever seen. We have to wait our turn. When he got through... When he did fulfill, reach his purpose, you talking about being on top, he was number two in the land. God told him exactly what he needed to do. I mean, what was coming, his purpose wasn't until way, 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 way on down the road because he was going to have to help millions and millions and millions and millions of people because there was a family coming in the land. And God had to let him go through all that time, all that time. And then at the end, God said, it's time now. Happened just like that. 
Hey, let the dream, let, let the king have a dream. Nobody couldn't interpret his dream. And then them old rascals that Joseph had told about the dreams that they had, worms said, oh, yeah, I remember this man when we, was in, when we was in prison together. And he told me my dream, and here I am now back serving you. First thing you say, send for him. You send for him. Bring Joseph. See, now he was fulfilling his purpose. Don't give up on God. Don't give up on God because he has a plan for your life. He has a plan for my life. Does that mean we're not going to go through nothing? No, that means we're going to have to go through some stuff. Because once we get to where we're supposed to be, we've got to have some wisdom. We've got to have some wisdom how to handle where God was going to position us. See, in the spirit realm, we're already there because we're from the thoughts of God. And but the next thing is, okay, when you get there, you're going to have to know that you belong there. Because most of us don't know we belong nowhere. When you get where you're going, you got to know without a shadow of a doubt, hey, I'm supposed to be here because God said so. God said so. So don't give up on your dream. Don't give up on the what, whatever God told you to do. Do not give up on that. I remember, and I, and I wrote this down. I'll never forget this. I was 18 years old and in college. I had a dream. I saw the sky split open. Something was coming down. I saw people running everywhere. I mean everywhere. I had a professor who was one of my students, one of my, one of, one of my teachers, and I told him the dream. He, he, he was a preacher. Who else was I going to go to? I couldn't go to the world to tell him what God had showed me because they probably thought I was crazy. First thing you know what he said, he said, God got a call on your life. When I was 18 years old, did I fulfill it? No. I was, that was in 1968. I was licensed in 1984, 17 years later. 17 years later. God showed me that then, but I didn't walk in it until God called for me to walk in it. I wasn't ready. I was still trying to live, child. I'm, I'm, I'm young, you know. <laughs> I'm still trying to experience life at that age. Wasn't ready. Wasn't ready to fulfill. Wasn't ready to fulfill what God called me to do. Wasn't ready. But the thing I say to you is know your purpose. God, you got a purpose. God's given you a purpose in your life. God's done that. Don't, don't, don't give up. Don't give up. God got plans for you. He's got plans for you. He got plans. You look just like him. I don't care what color you are. You look just like him. Look just like him. When you go forth in God, trust him. Trust him. Trust him. Trust him. Yes, sir. Let's give God a hand clap of praise. Amen. 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 Yes, sir.